I'm Haley Lamb, host of Teaching History, where history teachers from the local high schools share stories from the past. Most of us enjoy modern luxuries in our everyday lives, like electricity, water, phone lines, and even internet coming directly into our homes. But it wasn't always as convenient as it is now. Cameron Carter, AP U.S. history teacher from North Mesquite High School, shares with us how people were able to work together to get some of these necessary utilities. I'm going to be telling you about the Rural Electrification Administration, or REA. It's, I chose this topic because I grew up at a cooperative that provided the electricity for my valley, and it's just always been something that's been important to me growing up, and so I thought I'd tell the rest of y'all about it. The Rural Electrification Administration, or REA, was a New Deal program that was created by President Franklin D. Roosevelt during the Great Depression, whose purpose was to bring electricity to rural farmers. At the time, less than 11% of American farmers had electricity. And you compare this to France and Germany, which was at 90%. So there's a big gap between those that lived in cities and those that didn't. Electrifying rural farms for private companies wasn't profitable. It just wasn't, uh, there wasn't going to be able to get out that far. And so it was cost prohibitive. So the idea was creating electrical cooperatives. And a group of people in a town would create a cooperative. And then you could buy into that cooperative. And the idea behind cooperatives is that they're member owned. So you'd join in the cooperative. And then eventually they would string electricity out to you. And when you joined, you re- would receive in your house typically an outlet in each room, a, an overhead light in each room, and also your barn would have some electricity. And this is huge for people that lived in that area, especially for women who did a lot of the housework. They didn't have water pumps, and so they would actually have to get the water out of the ground, which usually that old school bucket that gets dropped in the ground, and they would have to do this multiple times a day, especially on laundry days maybe 200 gallons of water, and a gallon of water costs eight pounds, and you're getting it from sometimes 75 feet deep. So these women would then have to get the water out of the ground and then carry it all the way back up to the house. And they would actually use those like yokes that would actually go across your shoulders, and they'd have two buckets. And women in Texas, you could tell which ones had lived in farms because they were just broken down. They were stooped over by the time they were sometimes in their 30s. So being able to have electricity changed those people's lives. It was a huge deal. And it was wildly successful. By 1942, the start of World War II, half of American farms were electrified. And then by 1952, nearly 100%. And then in starting in 1949, they also started to do telephone cooperatives. So now a telephone service is actually out to these tiny places as well. So it was bringing rural areas basically into the modern world. And there was a big North Texas connection that went along with this. Sam Rayburn was Speaker of the House at the time, the longest serving Speaker of the House in American history. And he's from Bonham near the Red River. And when he was young, he grew up in poverty. And so he grew up on farms. He knew what that experience was like. And he made sure that this bill got pushed through Congress. And another North Texas connection is President Johnson. When he was elected from the Hill Country down around Austin, In 1937, his goal was to bring electricity to where he lived because he also grew up in abject poverty. His mom and his dad had the same experience. And so that was his big deal. He actually pushed it through. He reminded President Roosevelt every day. He's like, hey, when am I going to get electricity for my district? And so one day FDR was sick of it. He's like, oh, just make sure he gets that that water dam that'll provide the electricity. And so that's exactly what happened. And farmers could watch the power poles just getting closer and closer to where they lived and 
one of the guys who worked for the power company said, we never had to pack a lunch because those farmers were so appreciative. They saw that power coming and they just brought us lunch. They'd bring out the nice table and the linens and everything. And so that was, you know, what helps LBJ on his track to president. That was his first big step. And those electrical cooperatives are still around today. In Terrell, you have Trinity Valley Electrical Cooperative. And in Greenville, you have Farmers Electric. And all around, there's, I think there's about 30 still in Texas and hundreds all across the country. And that's where I grew up in Arizona. We had Sulphur Springs Valley Electric Cooperative. And that was you know, always what we did. And my dad was on the board of the co-op. You actually got to elect your board members. And hypothetically, since it's nonprofit, if they do run a profit, they'll return that money to the shareholders, which is the people. So it was pretty much publicly owned rather than privately owned. And nowadays, there's a big push to make that same thing for broadband internet out in basically those rural areas because I know my parents, we could still be on dial-up internet and they live 16 miles from town. They're not going to get, you know, suddenly cable to come out to them in that area. So that's why it was significant to me. And it was, it's always something that I've thought more people should know about and how that system worked. Thanks for joining us on Teaching History. Tune in next week to hear an exciting and possibly new story. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on the newest episode, subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or podcast.com. 